This week on Marvel, Captain Carter hits newsstands everywhere, telling the story that we've heard a thousand times, but this time in Britain. Moon Knight, Episode 3, continuing to impress a look back at the Loki series, and did Thor toys give us any more information about Thor Love and Thunder coming later this year? Stay tuned, everyone, for this week on Marvel. Hello, everybody. As usual, it is I, Tony Scangilli, joined by Joss and Vinny. Say hi, everybody. How's it going, everyone? Hey, everyone, how's it going? And today, we will discuss the same stuff we discuss every week, but different. Starting right now with comic books. Couple of major new stories or new story threads have popped up in some of the more popular comic series right now. And uh, Vinny has a little bit of a story about a series that might not be as popular as it should be. So we'll start off with uh, Take It Away Josh, X-Men 92. Okay, yeah, so this is a new series that has just come out this week, and it's a, a weird take on the Jonathan Hickman story we've talked about, you know, with the island of Krakoa, and mutants being able to resurrect. So what this is, is it's a continuation of the 90s uh, X-Men that we all knew and loved growing up uh, with the cartoons, those type of characters, and that art style. Um, it's what happens when those characters uh, get revived on Krakoa today, but in the 90s. So it's, it's weird. Um, in the sense that it's following a similar pattern to the storylines we're seeing in today's uh, X-Men comics, but it's going to be following up with the 90s, you know, comics and characters and versions of those characters that we grew up, or some of us, I shouldn't say we, but us, people like me who grew up with them. Um, and what it's doing is actually setting up kind of like a parallel timeline and uh, focus on the island of Krakoa with also a new villain slash mastermind for the story. Um, I won't spoil it. It's interesting to see who that person is going to be and how they develop as, over the course of this series. Um, but the main thing that I find interesting about this is how and if at all, it's going to tie into the upcoming uh, X-Men 97 which I'm super excited about. Uh, it's going to be the continuation of the 90s X-Men cartoon series. Um, and I want to see if this is going to maybe be a precursor for that um, or if it's just going to be something completely separate. So that is X-Men 92. It just came out this week. Um, it's issue one, so don't feel like you have to do any background on it if, as long as you're familiar with the characters. I think you might uh, get something to enjoy out of this. Well, we're doing the background for it. <laughs> That's yeah. our job now. Uh, Vinny, but, I'm going to pose yeah, a question for you as you are slightly younger than I and Josh. Uh, what is your 90s X-Men knowledge? 
what do you uh, what do you remember I've seen the from shows. the nineties? Oh, not just the shows, but generally speaking, when I say X Men in the nineties, what does that what does that mean I to you? Never read the comics, right? But like I reread them because when I do my videos, yeah. you know, like I read everything. Like, so unfortunately, I have to keep going through nineties eras X Men. <laughs> like it it's is, like it's an ocean. it's a rite of passage almost. You look through um, my channel. You're like, wow, he's only done 10 videos ever on mutants. There's a reason why. Like, it's a fight for my life reading through those things. So, like, more of them now. But as a kid, I never read the comics, right? But, like, I watched a lot of the shows. You know, I was big on, like, yeah. Marvel's uh, X-Men for the cartoon. I was big on the uh, Spider-Man TV show. That was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. So, like, more oriented towards that. And, like, when Disney Plus came out, I also binge-watched the... Uh, x-men series again yeah the the x-men 92 so they're setting some like we talked about this a little bit last week they're setting something up right this isn't going to be the universe where the x-men are happy the x-men don't get to be happy like that's that's like that's the rule so they keep i i think what marvel's focusing on now in so many different ways is this multiverse concept that's been proven not only effective, but like interesting on so many different levels today that it didn't have the same draw 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And I know it sounds crazy to yeah. say, but the 90s were 30 years ago. Oh, uh, God, don't oh. remind me. I just had my yeah. 31st birthday, so. <laughs> yeah. So the 90s being 30 years ago, and there being oh god thousands of X Men comics, uh, and and oh, among dozens if not hundreds of X Men titles, it, there was a lot of different story arcs. But mm-hmm. I think for the m- most part, the most access to the X Men that people had, or or biggest memory of the X Men that people had. Uh, for the 90s is the cartoon so i think yeah while there's there's a hundreds of storylines some great some convoluted and 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 the comics were either uh, the best comics you've ever read or they're a slog the art styles were all over the place there was always a different artist with a different idea uh and then the of art. course you had like Chris thank Claremont. you and uh, Rob I, I, uh i'm <laughs> not gonna say i hate any art uh, there are arts that I do prefer, uh, and I am a Todd McFarlane fan, so when I see a very specific... I It really just depends on what the story is. The art has to go with the story. Uh, I, I don't want chibi art in my, uh, you know, in my, my very serious stories. I don't want that that uh, that bleeding ink art that you tend to see in a lot of, like, Wolverine comics. I don't yeah. want that in my Spider-Man, you know, it, it really depends. But when we when I think about like the art style from the 90s and the X-Men, my brain will always go to the cartoon. And with them um, announcing that they're like bringing them back and Marvel's been doing this with mutants for about a decade now. They've been bringing back, you know, mutants from a different timeline, younger. They brought back Bobby Drake. They brought back the entire team of mutants from a different time and that's kind of what x-men 92 exists as it's it's that run so going into this where do you guys see this like where is this big 
battle going to? Now that we're seeing more new stuff and they're doing more tie-ins and they're bringing back a lot of nostalgia, where do you see this X-Men John Hickman run uh, coalescing? What's the big bad? What's the what's the arc? See, because right now with X-Men, like obviously what's happening is mutants are flourishing, right? Yes. Uh, no, there's no doubt about that. They are the superior race at this point. Right? Literally have Krakoa and then they have Mars. Right? <laughs> and the expansion's so great. So the what they're gonna do is they have to bring him back down eventually. And so like the outcome for me, I don't think it's gonna be too good for mutants in general. I think it'll end up being like a mutant versus human war. I think actually uh because like you pointed out they are the superior race so i think that the outcome of this is gonna be almost like a mutant civil war style um where the only thing that can defeat them is themselves we've already seen it uh with uh immortal x-men where we have this very heavy you know they're united but internally they are divided between their various you know goals and political you know internal political machinations um that we got a glimpse of so i think that's where it's going to be is not anything humans or the avengers or even necessarily uh any of the galactic you know characters could do to them um i think it's what's going what are they going to do to themselves um that will bring them down yeah the thing is too, like they have technically two councils right now. They have, you know, the Council of Morocco, and they have the uh, Quiet Council, you know, in Krakoa. So mm-hmm. like, I can definitely see like something happening there. Like right now, I don't see like the Council of Morocco being like, "Oh, we're gonna take over." Right? I don't see anything happening there. I can see oh, maybe a potentially a new council, right? Be like the Council of Krakoa and Morocco versus this new group. And that's what we might see if that does happen. Yeah. And I could totally see that happening because you brought up a great point. It was like, who's going to beat them? Right? Like, first I was like, maybe the Shi'ar. And I'm like, no, there's no way. Like, one team of X-Men like, are enough to, like, take out, or, like, to stand up against, like, their super elite guards. So it's like, when you have a whole mutant race, like, absolutely not. There's no chance. How do you how do you defeat an army that can infinitely resurrect its soldiers? You know, um, on top of and, that, I didn't even think about that part. Well, and oh. just to clarify, uh, Araco is the new name of Mars. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, that's the the new the Council of Araco uh, is the name of the planet Mars that was given by the mutants as they they colonized it. So, or the Arakan people, whatever. Read the story; it's great. So apparently, I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so I see three different outcomes, right? And again, this is just, I'm just guessing because we know that everything leads to something. This isn't a small arc. This isn't a Magneto found the crimson gem of Sidorak arc. You know, this isn't a, uh, a days of future past arc. They've been setting up that mutants are thriving and the world of non-mutants it are at a, a a like code red panic level. Like everybody, like Shield and Aim and Hydra, 
the top scientists of the world, good guys, bad guys, they're like, we have to figure out how we're going to deal with this problem if it becomes a problem because they have enough firepower like a nuclear deterrent here's the issue i've been watching uh, a lot of other tv shows and comics and something that's been happening in like young justice had an arc for it uh is that specific people with superpowers were were becoming uh commodities almost commodified and i think that either it's and this is in order of what I would not like to happen to what I'm very interested in happening. I'm not interested in watching yet another mutant like civil war. I I, I that is the entire story of the X-Men is a civil war they're fighting amongst themselves while also fighting a civil war among humans on earth. That's that's a very like yes, I'm sure it'll be fine, but I've I've seen that story, I've heard that story. If you change the ingredients of the story, it could be interesting, but I want a little bit more than that. The next step is that the superhumans, the AVX, you know, storyline from the past gets updated into a way different story because the first AVX story, for anyone who knows where, was really about mutant supremacy and the Phoenix Force. Uh, being divided among mutants, the, basically the the force of life in the universe, one of the forces of life in the universe, kind of choosing mutant kind as the one of the best uh, ways to to like the future, you know, of 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 powerful life in the universe. Kind of like if the Eternals uh, at the time were still relevant, they might have been one of the most progressed species, both in terms of skills and abilities. I see like an AVX2 where it's less, where it's way more one-sided. Now we had the Phoenix Force, the Phoenix Five in AVX. So it was like the Avengers versus five cosmically powered, already super awesome mutants. Now I don't think it's going to be that shallow. I think it's going to be the entirety of mutants, uh, even if, you know, there are like they wouldn't have made a war council if there wasn't going to be a war in the story you know what i mean it's the chekhov's gun so i think that that's an option where we're going to see mutant kind defend itself we're going to get that one moment of like somebody attacking a mutant in a in a country and that country not following extradition rules to 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 let the mutants take care of it and that's going to be a spark that announces a war where uh, the planet Earth uh, calls uh, for a like unilateral fight against the mutants. And the mutants are like, well, all right, but we're all together now. So big, massive, like year-long arc storyline. And that's kind of interesting, although I'm not a huge fan of rehashes. But that's the second one. And the third is exactly the opposite of what Josh just said about Chiar, is that the, co the, the, the space entity, all of the things going on in space, look at what's happening, like the Kree, the Skrull, the Shi'ar Empire, um, Eternals, Novacore, they're all like, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on there? And they're like, yeah, the mutants settled their own planet 
they're like they could terraform yeah on their own they're they and then the mutants start looking because we're talking a lot about 90s now the mutants as a species start being treated by the rest of the galaxy like the brood which was a a like almost like zergling from starcraft kind of species that would just land on a planet take over the entire planet and move on i think that the mutants are positioning themselves right now as they're all working together as the single threat to all life in the universe, or at least I think that's what the universe is going to see. And then we're going to start seeing a massive crossover. Uh, I mean, at least that, that's what I all, hope. I mean, it also makes Good. sense because, um, is her name Lalandra? Lalandra. Lalandra was the, the head of the Shi'ar Empire. She's lost and gained the title again many times. So she's, so she's dead in the comics right now. And, yeah, her daughter's taken over, who's also mm-hmm. the daughter of Professor X. Correct. So, like, she's a leader. So, that also, if that does happen, then make things more interesting, because now she has to go against technically her part of her own kind, and that also means Professor X has to t- go on against her daughter. And well, they've well, historically speaking, Professor Chiar X stuff. is totally comfortable messing yeah. with his own children, yeah. as we remember mm-hmm. with Legion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God. Legion. Well. Uh, what we saw in the most recent run of the Marauders is that um, the Shi'ar Empire has some secrets that they are keeping from the mutants. Like, because that's why the Marauders were going uh, to Shi'ar space. Uh, and that first uh, issue was to figure out whatever secret it was in some, you know, lockbox that Kitty Pride had stumbled upon. Um, so I, I could definitely see setting up some type of intergalactic, you know, galaxy versus X-Men, uh, huge blowout, um, as an outcome. Hey, there, there's no more interest now among the both casual and diehard fans than whenever you mention a mutant in any term even the even the the fans who only became fans after the mcu started becoming popular are like hey where's wolverine like that now is the time or within the next year or so is the time to start hammering down the value and that you could see it a little bit with stuff like doctor strange and and whatnot uh but i i'm telling you a lot of stuff going on with mutants. And the reason, Wick, I don't know about anybody else, but the reason I like to focus on mutants is because there's too much happening for it not to be a major plot point in all of comics going forward. You know what I mean? Like, you don't settle another planet. You don't, like, you don't go back to the 90s level of comics in 2020, like, eight di- 18 different X titles without this being a massive crossover or setting up for a massive crossover, which they haven't even announced yet. So interested to see what happens there. Yeah. yeah. You know, also, any, any... like if you think about uh, that Spider-Punk we talked about last week, that's also another university you basically just really got into as well. So we're seeing a bunch of different multiverses come out just this month alone. Yeah. Speaking of multiverses, the other comic I wanted to talk about was Captain Carter. Uh, I originally I was a little bit on the fence. I'm, I don't generally like when they, when they just change who the character is. But uh, after reading two issues of Captain Carter, I could say like, no, this is, 
this is as as cool as that what if strategy was going back this is exactly uh that idea so it, it, it the, the short story for anyone who is not familiar is that uh, peggy carter became captain america instead of steve rogers changed nothing nothing else changed in the world um everything that happened she defeated hydra instead of of steve she was thought out uh up there so the events that captain america did captain carter did uh as well the major difference was when she thought out she's british so now this hmm. entire thing takes place in in well great britain for the most part She's dealing with prime ministers instead of presidents. She's dealing with strike uh, instead of shield for uh, whatever reason they wanted to make them. Uh, all the people she's working with, generally speaking, are British heroes. And it, it, everything else went the same way. Tony Stark still became Iron Man because why wouldn't he? You know, that had no impact. Uh, all of the things that happened in the universe before Captain America was thawed still happened nothing major changed there because steve was gone too so obviously and now it's a little bit slow to the uptake in where you know we're we're issue two already and the main bad guy of the story is hydra which apparently just has as much if not more than uh an an Im impact on great britain and and Europe basically than it did in I don't know America during the roughly the same time before Steve came back or whatever like it still existed but it's just an interesting take on the character because sometimes one little change changes a lot like sometimes it only changes that thing and I'm really enjoying the story as it's coming out right now uh just kind of getting that idea for like well it's not Peggy Carter is now Captain America and everything changed there. It's there's a slightly different story. It's a different timeline, but the things that it shouldn't have affected, kind of like why I didn't like the what if story, uh, the things that it shouldn't have affected, it didn't affect, or at least as of right now, it hasn't really had a, a major negative effect on. So seeing how that goes is, is interesting. I don't think either of you guys have read that, but if you have the opportunity to check it out, might get more interesting, especially next month when issue three comes out and we start finding out more about who the bad guys are. Yeah. That actually sounds really cool. Um, you know, I never got to see the, what if series on Disney plus. So like, there's a comic also about, you know, being like Captain Britain. And it makes it more interesting. Like makes it more appealing to be like, okay, they're actually trying to do something. It's not just a one-off character. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if they you said that nothing else changes, but I feel like do they go do they we do, do we get any type of like highlight of what America looks like sans Captain America, you know, because he became such a huge, you know, in, in that universe, such a huge icon um, and then eventually a hero. Like, do we still end up with shield in America and eventually the avengers or have do they not cover that so they're they don't go into great detail we are only two issues in yeah uh on that but they the they do kind of hint that all of the things that happened 
because of Captain America can still happen because of Peggy Carter. So okay. uh, look at like the Weapon X program or the Weapons Plus program, the reason why mm-hmm. people were experimenting, the creation of characters like the Abomination. Um, those things still happened in the process of trying to replicate the Super Soldier Serum, maybe even a little bit more than they had happened in the past because you know the the entire premise of 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 Peggy Carter's entire story is that like 1920s girl becomes superhero society generally speaking historically not awesome to women at that time <laughs> so like it was that idea where like whoa if 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 this gave a woman superpowers well imagine what it would do for that kind of like weird egocentric thing but it wouldn't have changed anything else like you still see tags like shield still exists um it's just not as prominent as strike strike became like britain became more active in the control than america even though shield was technically not any one country but uh you know it's still shield because it was still based off of that character it you know the the shield of Mm -hmm. captain america it everything kind of stayed the same but they're throwing like tiny little drops here and there so depending on how the writers are trying to do this i think this is a really good opportunity for them to tell like a slightly deviant story uh and not just like a, a a hacky like what if the Hulk was a British scientist. Like nobody cares. That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like that's stupid. Don't do that. That that's not the point. Like once in a while, that thing can be kind of cool. But like you really kind of want to trace that thread and say, if Steve wasn't there, and it was Peggy, what would have changed? It's not like like the the experiment still happened in America. It was still a German scientist with an American industrialist creating the the process. So, like, it's still going to be America that, or the, I don't want to say America specifically, but everything that happened shouldn't have changed too much. It's not like, well, Britain got Captain, Captain America or that character. So now Britain accelerated years in technology. Like, that's not how that worked. Like, uh, if they wanted to change that part of the story, then it's different, but that's not how they changed it. It's literally yeah. just the one major change of it being having been her instead of Steve. And uh, so, it uh, seems to have interesting stories. So, uh, I, 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 I guess this is probably, like, me going, like, way too beyond what the scope of this story is trying to tell. But it, it would be interesting, because, like, much of, like, the continuation of Captain America's story uh, did become, you know, America versus Hydra through the lens of, like, the Cold War. But that was because of between two, at the time, superpowers. Um, so I guess does, like, Britain still... Does Britain rise as a superpower, or is that the... You know, America still rises. Is that part still stay the same? So awful bold of you to assume that Britain isn't a superpower right now <laughs> in our current world. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> awful, awful bold assumption. Uh, I, I think that I think that uh, Britain may have experienced a little bit more jingoism 
you know, like a little yeah. bit more, uh, or maybe a better way of saying it is nationalism. Uh, yeah, jingoism has such a really bad connotation. Jingoism it is like, a really bad yeah. connotation. Yeah, jingoism being the <laughs> idea that your country is the best country in the world, and you have absolutely no evidence to prove that. That's what that concept is. <laughs> uh, but there, but so let's take that down a notch and just say a little bit more excited nationalism than maybe Britain is known for having. Uh, mm -hmm. from that, you know, our person, but at the same time, like, it's not like Britain did nothing during World yeah, War II no, anyway, you no, know? I'm like, not it's... saying that, but I'm saying, like, um, in the, in the, in the context of, like, the Captain America story, right? I'm, we're, cause yeah. we're separating from, uh, actual world history. Um, you know, America, you know, Captain America comes in, you know, he punches Hitler himself, you know, Captain helps save the war world uh you know they kind of conveniently gloss over you know things like the dropping of the bombs and stuff like that but like america mm -hmm. they do follow in the captain america storyline uh, a similar trajectory post-world war ii of what the world looks like where america does rise as a superpower and then rather than hydra being moving on from being a nazi organization then moves on to being a de facto you know soviet union organization as we get with like the winter soldier and stuff like that um so that that's kind of what i was going for was like do we Ooh. see that same type of trajectory of the u.s it's hard versus to read accents it's hard to read accents in in comics that's comics. actually brilliant yeah. Yeah, that's actually, I didn't even think of what if most of the Hydra representatives were actually just Russian. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Uh, man, yeah. maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I, I don't want to overhype this because now I'm starting to think <laughs> that we wrote a better story than we're going to get and we're only going to be disappointed. Uh, yeah. But I hope not. I hope not because, yes, while obviously, again, just everything was framed in terms of Captain America and all of the things that, america did from the war so it mm -hmm. wouldn't change much because it's not like britain saw all those things and went all right well we're just gonna do nothing as this one superhero like just change the thing that happened so the british campaigns became head by captain carter instead of the american campaigns but the success still occurred yeah you know like the like everything else so i think the biggest takeaway from there is that shield slash strike the the organization um, uh, the difference of the organizations kind of hedged a little bit closer towards Europe maintaining its status as the superpower. So I, I don't think that Europe like became, or any part of Europe became bigger than it would be by like the standard issue, maybe just like a slight deviation. Uh, and they, they kind of mention a little bit, really. It's a, it's a quick read. Right. So if anybody has the opportunity, two comics, they are very quick reads. It's not like you're, you're, you know, you're not Charlie Day with the, with the board and the red strings trying to connect stuff, but it's, it's, it's setting something fun up. And I just hope that the writers kind of capitalize on it. To me, it's always about the story. Uh, and if they took, the, like, I want this story to be as awesome as it possibly can, because there's so many little seeds that I hope they're not doing that stupid like well 
what if we just write this story so that girls buy the comics like girls could buy comics all the comics you could also they also i don't know if you know this girls also want good stories too like yeah you could write a good story and girls will like that too so like that's what i hope doesn't happen and it doesn't feel that way uh it's been going pretty well okay and and now to segue oh god good good Vinny. my last thing on that and this is where i'm kind of curious uh I wonder how the Superhuman Registration Act will turn out in America with no count in America rallying people. Interesting. That's just all I had to say about that. I mean, one is that, yeah. like, oh, I wonder what. But again, they don't have to even bring that up at all. But like, that'd be a cool perspective to think about. If Captain America wasn't at a rally, all the other heroes slash villains, like, who, who would stand up to Iron Man and S.H.I.E.L.D.? You know, the U.S. government in general. Yeah. Uh, they could do anything with that. That's yeah, a that's wide fine. open. They could. That they could literally what just if series right there. Yeah. What if Captain America <laughs> wasn't like, spoilers? There for that? It is. Uh... What? <laughs> Nothing. Uh... Uh... <laughs> All right. So I guess now is a really good segue since you just brought it up, Vinny. You've come across a a series uh, that you said is insane and you need people to know about it please if you will take the stage and describe insane doesn't mean it's the best series right like i'm like oh this is like the s tier series you're gonna read this you're gonna tell your grandkids about it right you're gonna talk about like it's a war right you're not but you're gonna see us more as a fever dream and i had to pull it up online before i tell you guys this just so i can make sure i tell you everything because there's just so much to shield volume one and two so a total of 13 issues between them all uh john nickman the same guy who's doing all this x-men stuff right now was the writer about this and this is around 2010 so this is even before um the avengers avengers new avengers series that, that blew up and that everyone loved so this is like a piece of work that no one talks about that he did so it's him and i think dustin weaver and okay essentially it talks about the story and life of so many famous people and to, to start start off in like the Egypt right and like Amatep has like the shield and he makes a shield and he creates like essentially a council or a brotherhood eventually is named the brotherhood of shield it gets passed on in generation generation and eventually there's an immortal city underneath Rome and the leader of it is like Leonardo da Vinci right he is the leader of this brotherhood and eventually it's passed on to Galileo, by the way. So Galileo's the leader of the Brotherhood of Shield at this time. And he by the way, he defeats Galactus on his own. Galileo. Wait, Galileo. Galileo, the man with the with the mic with the uh telescope. Magnificent Galactus. All right, go on. Like two panels. <laughs> two panels? Ha- it's, not, it's not even a suspenseful fight. He's like, oh, we'll beat him. Don't worry. And he just blasts Galactus out of the air. And, uh, with, yeah, dude. With what, his Galileo beam? Yeah. His Galileo obviously. telescope beam. You're not wrong. Oh, my God. Uh, that's, that's canon. This is everything I'm going to tell you now is canon, and this is not satire. Okay. I'm trying <laughs> to, like, organize it properly so I don't mess, like, I don't miss anything. Um, uh, let's see. Galileo's there. Sir Isaac Newton gets trained at Galileo, right? Oh. He does so much, right? For example, he goes to the Deviant City, right? It's like Ashomia. 
then so he sure. gets there and he's like the king's like oh well, we don't want your kind here so to prove that you're worth keeping around you need to mate with a deviant woman and have a kid and like if anyone knows like deviants right and you guys can all look it up deviants are gross looking monsters they have like genetic code like completely messed up and like you literally see the sex scene of him plowing a deviant in Morda and they have a kid oh, and guess who adopts their kid Nikola Tesla also known as like a wait. nightman or something like that wait, wait there's there there are <laughs> there's like 150 years between Sir Isaac yeah, Newton it's, it's the elixir and... of life um Isaac Newton does. So he lives forever. <laughs> and, and then, no you know point who does? Have I pres- takes Nostradamus. You know that guy? He takes him. Fucking, he gives him the, sorry, he gives the elixir of life him in a pit as well. So he can use him as a guy who can, like, tell the future for him. He has Nostradamus trapped in a, in a pit. He's chained up. He, uh, he's chained up and he uses him as, like, a seer to, like, look into the future. I and gotta stop you for a second. Him. I gotta stop you for a second. I'm not, I'm not even close to like everything. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I need to take a pause because I need to just announce that both me and Josh have absolutely no knowledge of what Vinny's talking about before this conversation. This is our real responses to the ridiculousness of this story. And I, I can't wait to hear more. I just I want everyone to know we're not playing it up. This is ridiculous. We Why? purposely told him not to tell us anything about this so that we could experience this for the first time with y'all. <laughs> and right, please I continue this ridiculous so story. Nikola Tesla, right, who adopts this uh, deviant human baby that's Isaac Newton's child, right? His name, his name is Night Machine. That's his, like, hero name or villain name because I don't even know if he's a hero or a villain, right? He looks weird. It's like a steampunk-like figure, looking at you guys should look it up totally it's crazy and um there's so much more so for example in a deviant city when he has that kid right he like he's only there to seek knowledge like isaac newton is because like he's under he's like studying under galileo he's like you're gonna go to explore the world and so he goes there and he steals like these holy uh this holy information to the deviants and so like what isaac newton does he's like oh i'll just steal this stuff and they'll burn down their whole city. Right? So Why Isaac is Newton Sir Isaac Newton a villain? These guys. And then he ends up... Uh, he ends up leaving, right? All the citizens, they're not dead. Like, he didn't, like, kill the city. They're all just mad. They're all just super angry. So you know what they do? They go kill Morda. The, the deviant that got forced into having, like, relations with this guy. It wasn't, like, consensual at all. The king's like, hey, you two, you're doing it. And then, um, yeah, and that's where, and I forgot to bring this up. Uh, guess who saves the sun? It's not Nikola Tesla. Take a guess. I want to just take a guess. Genghis Khan. No, <laughs> no. Nope. Josh, uh, worst guess. Go. Lafayette. Lafayette. The, oh, from... it's the Forever Man, right? And guess who the for, and the Forever Man? I want to make sure I get the name right so I don't mess this on up. It's Michelangelo. It's actually Michelangelo, like the the artist and the philosopher. The the what? the the, the guy who made 
the Piata and painted the Sistine Chapel? Yes, that man. So okay. he somehow exists at every second of every time, of every part of time. So he's Owen Reese. Continue. <laughs> he's Owen Reese, or he's like the, uh, who's the blue guy from that one movie that everyone oh, loves? Uh, Dr. Manhattan. Dr. It's Manhattan. like literally Dr. Manhattan. He just sits there and observes like that. And uh, he's he's also a major character in the series. I do they explain like how these people got, you know so like we have you know like I, no no not timeline but like you know sometimes like in Marvel comics they'll retcon back and they'll be like oh so and so was actually a mutant or you nope. know things like nope. that none they're, of them they're all like just high tech dudes and by the way guess who uh, is in shield who's trying to like investigate them Howard Stark and Reed Richards' dad also a part of this. Wait, wait, separate. They're not the same father, right? They didn't try to <laughs> retcon that Reed and, and Tony are, are, are two, related. Two, both their dads showed up and they're like part of that <laughs> organization themselves and they're like, they're it's weird. It's, it's a fever dream because so get going more into this. By the way, at one point after like in the Elixir of Life and like burning down a city full of innocent people. Isaac Newton, right? He's like, oh, it's so clear. I need to take over as like the leader of the Brotherhood of Shield. So he kills Galileo. Right? They kills him. And also at the same time, he's learning magic and he becomes a sorcerer supreme. I'm done. What? <laughs> I'm tapping out. Isaac, Sir Isaac <laughs> Newton out. is officially a sorcerer supreme in Marvel. And by the way, this is fact because they had another series with Doctor Strange working with them at one point. <laughs> they flew through the dark dimension. They met up. Wait a minute. Is this on Earth 616 or is this a different... This is 616? 616. This is official canon stuff that Jonathan Hickman, the legendary writer, did before and no one knew about this. This is like a 13-year-old writing uh, like oh a, it cre gets a creative writing it... class where the topic gets... was pick something some characters throughout history and write them into your favorite book no yeah. no no what this is is a 13 year old who had to write a history assignment but they recently just played assassin's creed um <laughs> and so they're just like oh yeah so first there was you know leonardo da vinci he helped give me bombs and stuff so like clearly sir isaac knew and also a wizard uh something about <laughs> eternal cities and ancient artifacts that give eternal life and infinite power uh yeah all that seems right the problem um, is i'm afraid that because hickman's not a schlocky writer i'm afraid oh, that he did so like weeks of research on every topic to make sure that it lined up historically with certain like it would be like well it's technically no, possible timelines and dates and everything <laughs> it gets better uh, it gets way better all right. as well this is mostly in the Sir Isaac Newton part and by the way I did a full video on this guy I recorded it all we had a set we had like, we bought like hundreds of dollars worth of like gear for hit this character by himself and it's the funniest and the best thing I've ever done. I'm so excited to edit it and make this an actual video. <laughs> but uh, because yeah, because a character like this, you can't like under like 
cannot like not do something big for a character like this. And uh, so now as the leader, right, of the Brotherhood of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, he in Sorcerer Supreme, don't forget that. So he now like find, he does like the math, right? And he's like, officially the world will end on 26 and 2060. And so he like basically has this cult and Leonardo da Vinci comes back somehow. And he's like, no, it's not like, it'll be fine. So like, there's now a split in the brotherhood of shield by which is like a city, a whole city is split and they like go to war against each other. In the meantime, Newton is like, you can tell he's kind of like, like people who are like at his level. So he'll, he becomes a serial killer. What? And so he decides that he's going to kill all his intellectual rivals who aren't even part of the Brotherhood of Shield. It's like, and they he kills specifically Blaze Pascal, Robert Hook, uh, John Flamsteed, John Locke, like all these famous people. Gottfried, he kills Gottfried. Um, he, you know, he does when he kills him, he leaves an apple. That's a scene. This is awful. That this wait this is what? Dead. He fakes his death. He continues to live. Like as a leader of the Brotherhood, Brotherhood of Shield, um, and so much more just happens, and it's just like you read it, you're like, "What am I reading?" And then, like at one point, you're reading three timelines at the same time, and you're like, "What's happening?" <laughs> it's, it's all. So canon. you got Cloud Atlas. Oh my god! I, like I had to reread it before I did this video, you know, and. uh just rereading it. It's just such a fever dream. And I, I've never heard anyone ever reference this stuff. And I'm like, why is no one like brings this up even as a joke? Because it's of the this. night machine. Because you start talking about it and then everyone's like, at some point you've told me a lie. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, this is ridiculous. The worst part is I've told you less than I should have. Oh my God. No, we're gonna we're gonna call it here. We will come back to this <laughs> when it's a slow news week. <laughs> Shield Volume One and Two by Jonathan Hickman during his experimental phase and love of history. 2010, 2011. Jeez, it's crazy. All right, uh, to end the comics <laughs> conversation. Jeez, I'll just tell everybody what they could read that's like eye bleach after this or ear bleach. This is absurd. Uh, so newsstands this week, we have Captain America Zero, a new run of Captain America coming out. Somehow we have Doctor Strange Nexus of Nightmare One, which appears to be where Doctor, like the dead Doctor Strange, where he's being held uh, by the villain Nightmare or the demon Nightmare, depending on where you go. We have uh, issue two of Spider-Gwen Gwenverse. Haven't read that at all. No idea it was even a topic. And then we have some more standard topic uh, titles. Hulk issue six. This is after the continuation of uh, Immortal Hulk. Uh, Shang-Chi 11, which started last year. Almost a year ago, actually. Uh, Wolverine and issue 20 and Avengers issue 55. Uh, all on newsstands this week. I will have a poll uh, on wherever you read this for the, or listen to this podcast for the most part. See if any of them are interesting to you and we'll kind of go into detail uh, about them. Otherwise, we're just going to kind of cherry pick them based on which ones look the most interesting. Right now, I'm thinking Spider-Gwen's Gwenverse looks really cool. Uh, and that might be enough on comics. 
after that fever dream of that. Are you so sure? so I now, no, 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 please, no. please <laughs> sir, please. As a I, I think I think we've had enough. Uh, oh, I, I will wait for your video to finish on this topic. Uh, and speaking of video uh, and media like that, uh, let's talk about Moon Knight. Moon Knight episode three dropped this week, and the show just keeps getting better. Josh. I haven't heard you speak in a while. Josh, would you care to give a quick rundown of Moon Knight Episode 3? Yeah, so uh, Moon Knight Episode 3, we're picking up right where we left off. All octane, no breaks. Um, we're in <laughs> Egypt now, trying to stop uh, Arthur Harrow from finding the Tomb of Amet. Uh, we now have Mark Spector as the person in control of the body uh stephen grant has been banished to the shadow realm of his mind um and so we're trying to track down arthur harrow and stop him before he gets the tomb of amet and we actually get to see like a huge ramp up of action i know it's kind of been slow while we have stephen grant uh in control but now that mark specter is and you know he's the one experienced with being moon knight uh like i said all octane no breaks let's go so without spoiling anything i mean that's kind of where we're picking off of for there so turn it over to uh vinny you know what did you think uh i liked it a lot you know we met a lot of other egyptian gods you know we're not just seeing Khonshu and Ahmet, you know like i'd like to see what's going to happen with them i don't want to say who was there but we had a lot there was a lot of introductions um and we also get to meet and this isn't too much of a spoiler because no one knows them uh, well here's what we'll do here's what we'll do right now i'll say spoiler warning yeah skip skip about 10 minutes into this conversation if you don't want to hear spoilers because that's how long this is going to go we're going to talk about spoilers because there was a lot of cool Thank stuff you. and, and, and yes, not doing I, it. everything yeah. was a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I introduced, which was cool. Um, you know, he is historically the midnight man in comics. Um, it's just yep. a small minor vi- villain of moon Knight, And I don't think we'll see him suit up, but we do get, we did get oh. to see him as a cool Easter egg. So uh, he's the art collector. Sadly, um, I this is just related news is that the actor who played Anton uh passed recently so I yeah uh, it was it was horrible he died in a skiing accident yeah so I while I, it's not going to affect Moon Knight obviously they finished wrapping so any future uh but I don't think obviously that we will get to see unless they recast uh any future you know rivalry between Anton and uh Mark Spector so he they could kind of do it because um, in the comics, Anton has face melted after their first fight. Oh, there like, you go. Yeah, so he was deformed, so like, you can easily do makeup and have someone else take over. Uh, and then also, in the comics, his son would take the mantle of Midnight Man, which is called like Midnight. Like his son would end up being uh, Knight's actually sidekick for a little bit. Okay. A lot of people know that he had a sidekick for several issues until midnight went crazy and became a villain that seems about right. i mean i feel like yeah if you're hanging out with 
the multiple whiplash personality of Moon Knight, I think, you know, some of that second hand might actually bleed into that's any of that. his. The Mark Spector was in charge of him. Like, and it's just Mark Spector. There was no personalities. There was no nothing. It was just Mark Spector in a series, right? That officially says Mark Spector is so toxic. Everyone's a villain around him. Just saying. Get rid of his fucking his his wife. He's got rid of everyone. Tony, what did him. Tony? What did you think? So, this is as far as I'm concerned. This is the be- the beginning of the Moon Knight series. You know, I I think the first two episodes did a phenomenal job of introducing. Uh, for lack of a better word, the layman, the layperson to who Moon Knight is and what he does and what that universe is. This is the the story has officially started now, for me anyway. We now understand that Kanchu is not uh, a good guy uh, or a bad guy. Kanchu is a god. And after having met more gods and more avatars, and setting up some other parts of the conversation, we're seeing like gods don't uh, uh, worry themselves with mora- like simple questions of morality that a lot of the more uh, mortals have. And actually, to be completely honest, uh, I I have to retract what I said last week. I missed Stephen Grant in this episode. Because that one person, like, finding all of this information, and they kind of, you know, implied it. But that one person, that's going to cause some damage. You know? Like, mm-hmm. like you can't, when you real, like, because Stephen Grant seems to have come across as a relatively moral person. A good guy overall. Maybe he's a little bit foolish. Maybe he's not the hero type. But but he's a good person. So, like, Mark, we know now, is not a good person. You know, like, we, like, has never been. Is is not, like, he's not a bad guy, per se, but he's, like, anti-hero status. And Moon Knight, and now what we've seen in Episode 3, he's really starting to, to ramp up as not necessarily the hero that you want in your city. Kind of the, you hope your city never gets so bad to need Moon Knight kind of thing. I think... Uh, Stephen Grant, more of like the intellectual role for Moon Knight. I like the dynamic a lot. Yeah. You know, it actually made him more useful besides just being the conscience. So it's pretty I cool agree. to see him do that. And like, again, was it last week where we were like, well, we hope we don't see this often? Yeah. We have him take yeah. over. Yeah. Taking over in the right scenarios was pretty cool. Yeah. That's no, why. I- that's why I was like, I started missing him during this episode. I was like, man, what would. I-? And then like Steve hits and it's like, oh, yeah. So it started feeling more reasonable, like like a well put together run. And this is this is the story now. We took us two episodes, two hours to get here, and now in the third hour, we're like, this is everything. Go. Now also, I'm excited. We're seeing that third personality starting to show. And we got a glimpse of like both of them lost control and someone took over. And they're like, Who is it? And yeah. I, I yeah. think easy to say, like, oh, it's Jake Lockley, right? Like Oh man, they're they're introducing Jake Lockley, the personality. But like, would Jake Lockley do all this? 
I feel like he would, but the way like they were like killed. You know what I mean? Could be Moon Knight. It could be the 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 Moon Knight itself, like the actual Khonshu avatar, not just the power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know, and that's cool too because we're like, all right, we're getting a new factor here. No one knows what personality it is. Like, we, we all have guesses. We can have strong guesses, but we just don't know. On, yeah, on the topic, uh, no, go ahead. I can. Work. Okay, so I was gonna say, going back to what Tony said though uh, about how we kind of get a closer glimpse into Konshu, I think that that court scene uh, really gave us a look at what Konshu is. You know, we have he. He is a god, uh, but even amongst the other gods, he's seen as someone who maybe can't be, not necessarily trusted, um, but looked to because you had Arthur Harrow come in. Uh, and I don't know about anyone else, but I felt personally frustrated as like watching Ar- Arthur Harrow lie. You know, like granted, Mark and Kanchu aren't the you know the best people but they are right in this and then for him to come in lie and then they were just so easily dismissed it really shows to how the other gods view Kanchu um as either insane out of touch whatever you have it uh but he's not he's not the moral god that normally we would think of with someone that is aligned to the hero of the story that's 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 I didn't even think of it from that way because you know one thing I always hate when they do in TV shows and movies is when uh like something that could have been resolved with like one line of dialogue like like I hate the miscommunication causing the problem kind of thing because mm-hmm. it's so lazy it's such a lazy writing especially when the solution could have been at any time you could have said this you know it's one thing if you start saying it and then an interruption that's not as lazy you know and but uh, they did a pretty decent job of ju- uh, like that that didn't happen here like they everyone tried to be like no no harrow's garbage and they're like yeah but like you're on the side of of Kanchu, who's also relatively garbage so like it, it wasn't like the 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 avatars who were representing the the gods were like not informed they had all the information they just made the choice and that was kind of interesting too you know what i do like um so the god hathor right i'm not sure yeah. i'm pronouncing it right uh so that one only seemed like the help Mark out or contrary out the most. What's interesting is I did some research on that god. I came to find out that that's God also has essentially a split personality disorder. Hmm. So that's it's how- like God of Love is when they're called like Thor, and then she changes her name to something else, and she's like the God of War. She's married to the God of War in Egyptian mythology. Can't remember exactly who that is. Be Horus. Um, I believe that's correct. Yeah. So there. So that's kind of interesting. That like the only people that help are willing to kind of help out a little bit also has that split personality issue. Probably because you know they ha- they can sympathize with that feeling of loss of control 
Um, granted, you know, Mark and Steven, now that they understand the dynamic, there's they understand why one of them is in control at one time and the other isn't because it has to be given. But you still can understand the not the not being in full function of yourself, especially when, you know, Steven thinks he's the main personality and Mark thinks he's the main personality and really neither of them are. They're both. Yeah, it it, it really is cool to think about this stuff. Um, will they bring it up? I don't know, but I could totally see them doing it. You know, it's not like watching... Hathor is like a main Egyptian god we see in the comics. Like, why would they make that person the main one? I, it, interesting, definitely. I, I remember I was watching a bunch of videos during this week of like other, you know, like new rock stars and some some comic uh, videos talking about this episode. And the one thing that I, I don't know if it was like earlier in the week or later in the week, the one thing I saw, uh, 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 someone might have to correct me and, and see who said it, but I think it was new rock stars was like, what if like the other personalities of Moon Knight were snapped away in the blip. Like, what if mm. Stephen Grant and Mark Spector... Now, you know, comic book Mark Spector is the per- the person, the primary, I think, or forget the word they used in, in, in that, so pardon me if I'm saying anything wrong. But there is the person who started and then there are the alters who then become their own full-fleshed identities as time progresses so mark specter was always the first person who became moon knight he was the main character or the the person born mark specter we'll call it and then as time went on the identities uh, were added or or developed or whatever uh the idea was what if when thanos snapped because again, this is in the MCU. We see the GRE, which is the Global Repatriation Organization, or whatever it was, um, association. I don't remember. But we see that group, uh, and they're mentioned a lot. We understand this is taking place in the same time. We we haven't officially gotten a date, to my knowledge, of what day it is. Uh, but there was a period of time in which, like Mark Spector, agreed to work with Conchu. And then he said, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. And then at some point, Stephen Grant showed up again before the beginning of the series and got a job and did stuff. And it was months because Mark Spector got married and then filed for divorce. So like, I I think that was a really good point that that was brought up. Like, what if because they're separate identities, when Thanos snapped, he removed half of all like like it's intelligent life you know bacteria wasn't killed trees weren't killed um half of all intelligent life and if it recognized that mark specter was an intelligent life so it just removed the identity and then when the snap uh or when whatever the blip ended or whatever you want to call it uh he just showed up again mark specter was like wait what and then uh, we got the story we have now. I think that's possible at the very yeah. least. That is interesting. Because uh, the whole point, you know, and they haven't explained it. They've alluded to why. Because, you know, there's the 
a year or was it six months or a year or whatever uh, between when Layla last heard from Mark Spector and then when she gets the phone call from Stephen Grant uh, in episode one. Uh, now, granted, the the blip lasted five years, but they do explain that Stephen Grant just kind of showed up. So what if he was what came back from the either that or Mark Spector existed during the blip period. But then when uh, Hulk brought everyone back, suddenly Stephen Grant came back and is in control of the body all of a sudden because Moon Knight magic. Um, And that's why he just disappears and has a life. Yeah, does that it adds another level of interest to the story and and honestly they've been kind of hit or miss with the TV shows but this one doesn't feel miss. You know, uh, what they, I mean? they did super well for this. And you know, another dumb um like this is my dumb idea. Uh, I shouldn't say another. Mine is what if like somehow when they brought the people back it was a mess up and like like the souls start went into like one character. I think yeah. they heavily imply that Mark and Steven have been in that body for a very long time. Okay, I, like, all right. I think they imply that, but again, mm-hmm. that might just be me drawing I from comic see knowledge. Down, they're like, oh, when the snap happened and <laughs> Mark Spector's soul was put in the wrong body and he doesn't know, realize it. Uh, well, so the only reason... It would be Stephen Grant's, right? Because Mark Spector is yeah. on Interpol. You know what I mean? Like that's... he's a, he's original. Yeah. So I, I I there's a lot, and I honestly the best part of my week, which is depressing in its own right, is <laughs> like when Moon Knight goes live. It is it is the most interesting. It is the first time since I'm gonna say WandaVision that uh i i i watch the episode the day it comes out uh for the most part i ever since wandavision i didn't care how long it took for me to watch the episode it wasn't it was like oh, i'll just watch it later or and sometimes i'd be like i'll just wait for five or six to go out so i only pay for disney plus for one month because Makes you know sense. the stupid you know, um... weekly release is I, I'm opposed to it, but that's a personal opinion I have. I hate weekly releases. I wouldn't mind if it was like three episodes a week for three weeks, but I hate when it's like six episodes. You have to pay for two months. Like, shut up. Stupid. Yeah, that's fair. You know, uh, speaking of like these Disney Plus shows, what do you think about like Loki? Um, especially well, like eight months. Like, it's been like, what, eight months since it came out? Like, do you think it even mattered? Well, that's a that's a good interesting segue now that we're off of moon Knight, because we are like about eight months since loki ended and it's there's we haven't really seen aside from spoilers or leaks or rumors we haven't really seen the end result of loki uh of loki having any effect it's uh let me give me a give me about one minute to to say this and then i'll i'll open it back up loki 
uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen a show that's eight months old. Uh, Loki <laughs> ended, and Loki kind of introduced everybody to the concept of the multiverse uh, in a little bit more detail than WandaVision ended up introducing people. Uh, and it was the first. Like, WandaVision, the post credit scene in the last episode, mentioned that there might be other universes. Loki said, no, there are. There are there are alternate timelines that create spin-off universes, and this is what happens. Right? And and then the fi- the finale of Loki ended up dealing with that. So like we haven't really been dealing with what Loki introduced. We have been dealing with multiverses, but they all seem to be self-contained. You know, the 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 Spider-Man one. So what do you think? I'll open it to anybody who speaks first. What do you think we're going to... When do you think, or what movie or TV show, do you think we're going to start seeing impacts from Loki itself uh, and not just, like, the phrase, the multiverse? You know? I I think Doctor Strange is going to be the first potential... Um, uh, instance of it so like you said when loki ended was the creation of the multiverse you know rather than having the sacred timeline which as far as i'm aware the mcu existed on the sacred timeline uh they opened it up to the multiverse and for a long time people thought loki was going to be the direct tie-in to doctor strange and the multiverse of madness right because we didn't know anything about Spider-Man No Way Home. They kept that as such a closely guarded rap secret for a while until we got, you know, the idea with the first trailer or so. Um, but, you know, you had this huge cosmic event. At the end of time, you had Selfie or Selfie, the Loki variant destroying the idea of the sacred timeline opening it up to the multiverse and you're like all right who's better to deal with that than doctor strange the sorcerer supreme we know that the next doctor strange movie is called the multiverse of madness you know this is clearly what's going to be the huge lead into that and then spider-man no way home came out and just kind of slapped that idea out of everyone's head that loki is going to be the direct lead into that because now we see based on the surface level of the first trailers of Doctor Strange that really this is going to pick up right after where Spider-Man No Way Home is and the meddling Doctor Strange and Peter Parker did through the course of that movie rather than anything else. So I think I don't want to say that it's been irrelevant What I think, though, is that in the background is what's going to be Loki opened up, right? The idea of the multiverse, it's not going to be a direct thing, but it is the catalyst, so to speak. And then maybe they just don't talk about it until we get to Loki season two. But that's kind of where I see its it's relevance, not a direct tie-in but as the catalyst for these different ideas. And I will 
cede the floor to anyone else who has a rebuttal or like-minded opinion. If I could see where this was going, I, I would have two guesses. These aren't like well thought out where I like sat there with you know, a pin board and I was like drawing lines to everything. I can see them either doing saying, oh, and Loki shenanigans is part of the Illuminati in the Doctor Strange movie. Like he's just there. He's one of the chairs. Ooh, he knows what's going on. And or he's like, he's part of the subject because he's the one who tells him something like that. Or two, I would like to see if it ends up. We see most of these effects during a, like the first Fantastic Four movie, you know, because like King Conqueror is a longtime villain. But, you know, not just Fantastic Four, but the Avengers. I think it'd be cool to see them because they're scientists deal with this. Start looking at it. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, so is bag of worms, right? Like, uh, so here's the thing. Oh no, not multiverse. Yeah. Right. So, and for the record, and I apologize to any comic fans, I will be using the word Kang interchangeably as all of the 3000 possible variants of Kang. So if you hear Kang, it's the Kang that is relevant to this part. It might get confusing if you have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, it's the same person, just with different haircuts. Uh, and if you do know what I'm talking about, deal with it. So, uh, Loki, so here's the thing. I thought Loki was kind of a stale story with a really good introduction to the world. And I think that the introduction of the TVA, the premise that there was a sacred timeline, the fact that like you could deviate from the timeline and someone felt the need to stop it. All of this, I liked. I thought it was great. I thought it was reasonable. I thought it made sense. But at the end of Loki, there was one line that kind of stood out to me. And it was, Kang said, we crossed the threshold. I have no idea what's going to happen. So whether or not, because he decided at that point that he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't keep the sacred timeline anymore. So the threshold passed, whatever that meant, who cares? And Kang was no longer uh, aware of the, the way things would pan out in the future. So there's two schools of thought that you can think of. Either the threat... That was the end of the sacred timeline because Kang said, I'm not doing it anymore, regardless of how this works, whether Loki and Sylvie take over or whether they kill me, I don't care, but I am done. I'm tired. I'm not doing this anymore. Ultimately, it's not going to matter because time is a flat circle, blah, 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 time travel, stupid. So that's the first, like, thought school of thought. The second school of thought is that the timeline was always going to shift because of either the actions from Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, because, again, it doesn't matter if we saw them later because they'd explained in Loki that time is happening all the time and anything could happen that would cause a problem. And the, like, Spider-Man No Way Home is the thing that broke the multiverse that Kang wasn't prepared for and couldn't stop. You know what I mean? So like we don't know between those two 
which is more realistic yet. But I, I, I can't imagine a world where we don't see the TVA in the multiverse of madness. You know what I mean? I just like, want to see I, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Like yeah. In, in some way. We know that Jonathan Majors is confirmed to play Kang the Conqueror in the Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania movie that comes out, I believe, end of this year? Or no, I, th- early? I think it next it's... Year? I think it's next year or early. Because remember, recently, everything got pushed back by three months. Doctor Strange was supposed to be released back in March. And like that was the one that was the first one that got pushed back, you know, after everything got pushed back for COVID, obviously. But uh, everything got pushed back quite a bit, starting with the domino of Doctor Strange. So I think it might actually be pushed back to 2024 now. Don't Fair. Quote me on uh, that. I'll, I'll, oof, that's three. I like three movies a year. I'm a big fan of it for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially with the TV shows. Like, I like the idea that the movies are the like pillars and the TV shows fill in the gap. That's, that's good story progression. That's good pacing. This way you can kind of afford to miss the TV shows and, and be like, oh, maybe I'll go back and watch that because there was, more information i don't like it when you have to have seen it i like it where having seen it makes it more interesting and that's kind of what happened but there's been a ton of daylight we know wandavision we know wanda's in doctor strange we know that we've seen her we've seen the trailers we know that we haven't seen cap sam or winter soldier which was the second series i believe that came out Mm -hmm. uh but we have seen allusions to that in uh in in Hawkeye the last, you know the series from 2 months ago so like they they're clearly setting something up in 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 the uh on earth you know for lack of a better word but we we haven't seen a inkling of what's going on from Loki nothing we haven't seen any of the TVA and anything we haven't seen any of the introduction. We haven't seen, you know, the only closest we had was Spider-Man No Way Home, where maybe that was always supposed to happen. Who knows? It's it's confusing at the very least. I, I almost feel like they can't not mention Loki in, in a meaningful way in Doctor Strange, uh, or at the very least, like, the TVA, Kang the Conqueror. Like, I almost feel like they can't afford not to mention it, or else the entire series of Loki just kind of falls by the wayside in a very, like, oh, yeah, that's right, that was that show. Which, I don't think they could afford to do that, because, like, what if, like, if you didn't see what if, that's fine, it was just a fun little storytelling within the confines of a broken multiverse. So that was the only major tie-in from from Loki, uh, or maybe, who's to say. But I don't know. It, like, I, I feel like, if, if yeah, if we don't see Morbius, or Mobius, sorry, Joe, I apologize, Morbius. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. I apologize, everybody. If we don't see Mobius <laughs> and Mobius, or, or, or uh, Rensselaer, or Kang, or, or even Loki on in in doctor strange and not in like a bit not in like oh look they're in the background of a half scene 
like in a real like this is relevant then the entire show is just timed off so so poorly and yeah i understand that you know there was delays from everything in the world but like we saw what happened with black widow like they kicked it down the road for like an entire year and we watched black widow and went oh yeah i guess that would have been a movie <laughs> relevant yeah. yeah um so i i agree with you i think like kind of back to my point though was that it served as a catalyst so if i don't know how much you remember from that final scene uh after you like you said where kang says i don't know what happens and we and they look out to space and we start seeing the multiverse cracking yeah. um that same type of cracking is what we saw in spoilers uh, for Spider-Man No Way Home at the end when all the Spider-Man villains almost bled into our universe. Uh, it was... And, and I, it's I don't also say... the same type of cracking we saw in What If, uh, the mm -hmm. Doctor Strange episode. So, I think it could all have happened at the same time. Not I, necessarily... I, I, well, technically, yes, but it could have yeah. not necessarily. <laughs> could it have? Yes, but and I, that would have been great too. But I, I don't think it happened like literally at the same time. But I do think, you know, Loki did start the cracking right because when you have a crack with something, it doesn't necessarily instantly break. It takes some type of other force on it usually to break that crack into a problem so when dr strange messed with the multiverse that broke that crack and that's how we got to um the multiverse of madness from spider-man from loki to spider-man to now dr strange so it, it's just this build-up so well, yes, I hope they do have more than just like a cheeky callback to Loki and it's important in some way. Um, I think the effects are there already. You know, I think it's, like I said, the catalyst for something, even if they never have to go back and directly say this was Loki's fault or, you know, Sylvie's fault because it was really more her fault. Uh, than anyone else because Loki didn't want to break the timeline. Uh, he just wanted to be in love with himself, which was a weird subplot. Um, but I, I do think that we will definitely, as you said, we'll see Kang. I think we'll even see Kang before the next Ant-Man and Wasp movie. I think whether he is probably being set up for the next big Thanos bad, and we'll get him systematically in post-credit scenes or even screen time. Um, like Vinny said, you could see Kang show up in the Illuminati-style council that they have set up for Doctor Strange. So, okay. So let's let's just take a moment, right? After Moon Knight, the next TV shows are, in order, supposedly, Ms. Marvel, right? Definitely not much multiverse stuff going on there, at least to be expected. Uh, She-Hulk, no. She-Hulk is, like, she's a lawyer in New York City who's green. There's no world where that's going to have major... Uh, Maybe like, yes, they could... a lawyer. 
They could. How dare you <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm diminish not saying... She-Hulk in such a, a green lawyer? How dare you, sir? Well, the the point is, I don't see much of a cosmic or or time based storyline there. <laughs> then we have Secret Invasion. That seems more in line with Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, the 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 B story for Earth. You know of the scrolls. We have yeah. Ironheart. We have Armor Wars. Uh, that that's what's confirmed for this year. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Fine. Then after that, that's we it. that's the yeah, one. That's this. That's this <laughs> year, right? Yeah, nailed it. Kang showing up there. Like after that, <laughs> then it's like X Men ninety seven. What if season two? Echo Spider Man freshman year. House of Agatha, House of Harkness or whatever, and Marvel Zombies. Like, all these stories that they have, they're exciting. But, like, in the short term, after, you know, when it comes to TV shows, these seem to go be going back to, like, Earth Marvel. Which I keep trying to refer to as Earth Marvel because it's different. You know, like, Spider-Man No Way Home was Earth Marvel with time travel stuff. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is not going to be Earth Marvel. It's going to be everything. So it it might take place on Earth, different Earths. So, you know, we have that going, which is nice. After that, we have Thor Love and Thunder, which is end of summer. We have Black Panther, which is beginning of summer. Uh, or, I'm sorry, beginning of winter, like November. Black Panther's probably not going to have to do with, with the TVA. Thor Love and Thunder, I guess, technically could, but... Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute uh, from other stuff that just came up. So, yeah, I feel like Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness has a massive burden on it of, like, it has to be a good movie and entertaining and fun, but it also has to fill in a lot of gaps that some of the previous shows uh, have kind of left off. And I think starting next week, we'll go way deeper into analysis of, like, what to expect from Doctor Strange and what took us here. But I really like that Vinny brought up Loki now because, yeah, it's got there's got to be something, you know, like the the technically no, there doesn't have to be, but at that point Loki's just going to be boring, and they haven't announced Loki season two, so yeah, it just makes you think like, what's the point? Like, why would you yeah. do it this early? Marvel, Marvel's smart, you know. They're not DC smart, not. Uh, but so it's like, why, like, why would they put it here now? Uh, something's been happening that we're not noticing. You know, and it, it's gotta be. Hopefully, it leads up into that. If not, I'll forget about Loki for another year until something else comes up. They're like, oh yeah, they made that show. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. I think Doctor Strange having been pushed back a small amount is why. This is starting to feel a little bit like, where is it? Where is it? Like, if we had already seen Doctor Strange like two months ago, this conversation was probably going to be like, do you remember how Loki did that thing in Doctor Strange that one time? You know, like, it just, yeah. I feel like the timing on it just got a little bit off. So that's fair. But because I said we would talk about it in a second, not much in terms of toy news, except one very big, small thing. Uh, the the Marvel Legends series for Thor Love and Thunder leaked. Uh, you can find that, uh, anyone listening at home, 
you can find the information or pictures of that that we'll kind of be referring to on a website called hypebeast.com. If you just Google search or Bing, if whatever internet you use, hypebeast.com Thor toys, uh, it'll come up for you, I promise. It is just pictures of the Thor Love and Thunder Marvel Legends. If you're unfamiliar, the Marvel Legends figures are generally just very high-definition figures that also happen to be something called a Build-A-Figure, where if you collect the entire one, you get a, you know, it's like buy seven, get one free kind of deals, where you get to put together a generally larger figure. So the 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 toys in order of appearance are uh thor the character of thor uh in what appears to be some kind of cosmic nova stylized costume with a very large almost ridiculous gold helmet uh and of course still wielding uh stormbreaker then there is a ravager thor toy which looks like thor Wart stole Peter Quill's jacket and cut off the sleeves. Uh, nothing major there, but an interesting, like, okay, Thor's gonna, we know the guard, we, we assumed the Guardians were gonna be involved, but now we know for a fact that at least the Ravagers, uh, or to some degree will be involved. Star Wars a toy. Uh, Groot is a toy, and the, probably the biggest spoiler or, or piece of information we got is that the picture of Groot, or uh, the toy Groot, is still teenage Groot from like Endgame and and uh, uh, Infinity War. So we know that not much time has passed from the end of Endgame to the beginning of this story because we've seen Groot grow from his death in the first Guardians, second being a child, Endgame him being a little bit older. We see the passage of time. Uh, and how quickly Groot grows. So the fact that Groot hasn't grown much generally will imply that not a lot of time has passed. We also have Star Wars, whatever. We have King Valkyrie, which is Valkyrie with the title King uh, that she was bestowed at the end of Endgame. She is the ruler and uh, uh, regent of Asgard, straight up. Uh, cool costume on the toy, so looks pretty interesting. We have Christian Bale's character, Gore the God Butcher. Looks kind of weird. A little bit like the comics, but a little bit weaker, like a, a almost a ghost. He does happen to have his, his giant black blade. Uh, I forgot what it's called. Is it the Ebony Blade? No. No. no, it's not Ebony Blade. No, what's the Blade it? is super important in lore. Yeah, yeah. And do I talk about that? I, I can't. Go ahead. It doesn't really matter. Go ahead. Just give give, um, give me give me the Reader's Digest. What's that blade? So that blade is the sword for Null. Right? And if anyone doesn't know Null, like starting two thousand eighteen, he was introduced in the comics, and essentially he's the god of symbiotes. Right now in the comics, he's no longer the god of symbiotes after the King in Black event. But essentially, that's an all-powerful sword, and I think that is a symbiote itself. I mean, you can correct me, um, but it is a made. Yeah, but it's a it's a sword he helped use control symbiotes at one point, or he like it was the first symbiote made. He turned it into a oh, okay. sword. 
I remember correctly. Okay. It's, been, it's been a few years though. That's fair, and that was from the unworthy Thor storyline, uh, or Odin's son, the unworthy. And then, of course, we have the final figure, uh, the mighty Thor, which is just straight up Jane Foster, uh, comic accurate to a fault. Like it looks exactly it. The, if you again, please Google it. You will see it. It looks exactly like Jane Foster from the comics, except when Jane Foster is under the Mighty Thor, <laughs> uh, she does have blue hair. Or not blue hair, sorry, yellow hair. Uh, when she's not uh, channeling that power, she has arguably no hair uh, or her normal brown hair. So... It's an answer. interesting. Well, yeah, the reason, yes, and then a <laughs> tiny little sideway of how this happened. Jane Foster became worthy of the powers of Thor, uh, basically because she was dying of cancer. Thor stopped becoming worthy, and his kind of wish, uh, as it f found someone who was worthy of the power, was to be someone capable of, of saving. Like both worthy and someone capable of, of saving or or his love for for Jane Foster kind of pushed it to her. She became uh she she uh, I used to make the joke, she possessed the social security number of Thor, her name stopped being Jane Foster and she started being Thor, and blah blah blah. This is clearly gonna be an adaptation. They're not gonna make Chris Hemsworth uh they might kill him in this movie, but they're definitely not like we're not going forward with uh, Academy Award winning actress uh, Natalie Portman as Thor in the next movies. She barely wanted to do the, any movies other than the first two in the first place. This was her, yeah, I'll do this and that's it kind of story. But these toys have given us a little bit of, of information that we probably wouldn't have had otherwise. You know, the, the timeline... Uh, that they are seriously treating Valkyrie as, at the very least, short-term, uh, like, king of Asgard. Uh, whether or not they stay on Earth, uh, or they go out into space with the Guardians, we'll find out. But there's a lot of stuff in, in toys, and that's why we spend some time on it every week. Because sometimes you get that one toy that gives you a little bit more information that you otherwise wouldn't have had. What do you, what do you think... Now that we're talking about Thor Love and Thunder, what does you guys thinks about uh what that movie is gonna do? I think we're gonna get a bunch of new characters. Besides like, you know, Jane Foster Thor, kinda wanna see, and I'm and this is just me being a fan. I'm a big fan of her other series, Jane Foster Valkyrie. I would love to see a way that they end up bringing the Valkyries back into the MCU. You know, like from the Thor 3 that they all died except for well Valkyrie you know the last one I'd like to see a way they start bringing them back I think we're going to see because we also have the Guardians of the Galaxy we're going to see way more cosmic things as well and kind of hoping we still run into the uh, what's the other Thor's name the um, Beta Ray Bill Beta Ray Bill I'm <laughs> still job, hoping Josh. to see him <laughs> I was ready. I yeah, we couldn't. We ready. couldn't wait to say his name. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I really hope we see him because we already been hinted at him. Oh, what happened to him when he was, was over he there? Corbinite is that the name of his species? Horseface. Yeah, Corbinites, right? Yeah, yeah. I love Beta Ray Bill. 
I don't want to yep. say anything about Beta Ray Bill yet. We'll save it. But Beta Ray Bill was like one of my favorite characters because he legitimately is Thor, except a horse. Yes. <laughs> he, so, yeah, to, to branch off of that is like, you know how Thor kind of softens as he gets more, you know, he spends more time around humans, you know, with his time at the Avengers. He doesn't start, he stops speaking <laughs> in the hark and yees and all that kind of, oh, no, Beta Ray Bill. He has no that. time for that. He has no time for, he has no time for assimilation. He's too busy murdering. He's the best. So. <laughs> There's a reason why everybody loves Beta Ray Bill because everything about him is ridiculous in the best ways possible. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he also date a Sith for a while in the comics? Beta Ray Bill? Yeah, had a thing, actually, for a short period. There's a sure. there's a horse and hanging joke somewhere in there that I'm gonna let slide, uh, <laughs> for for that. But yeah, I, I, if you tell me if you told me right now you are confident that Sif dated Beta Ray Bill, I'd be like, like, I could see it. I could short I could term that. dated. I know for sure like they like each other, and at one point they're like, and we're better off as friends. I don't know what happened in between like those issues. Um, well, obviously, Beta Ray Bill had no Beta time. Beta Ray Bill got tired of her. No, Beta <laughs> Ray Bill had no time for you know those type of connections because they just stopped him from murdering people and doing Beta Ray Bill things, which are really just Thor things turned up to eleven. Yeah, it's it's every. Do you remember that scene in the first Thor movie when he was like another and then threw the yeah. the the mug on the ground? Now yeah. picture that. With no growth and international alien, like intergalactic alien traveling to other planets and doing that because he, his sense of, and like, he's not a bad guy. I know we're kind of telling him up. He's not a bad guy in any way. Like he's absolutely a hero, but he's, he, he's like, he's very serious uh, mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, so very you know fun those character. You know those police or like drug dogs at the airport that are like super into their job? Like that's what Beta Ray Bill is. He is so into the idea that he is Thor that he's like, I don't have time for other things that aren't being this person. Um, so, yeah, I can't. And he has reasons and motivations, which one day we'll get into. But that day isn't today. Because uh, I think we're getting real close to our limit on time on this one. Yep. Oh, man, that flew by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, you, know what, you know what part didn't fly by, though, Vinny? What's that? <laughs> uh, the uh, five to seven hour discussion of Sir Isaac Newton, mass murderer. I'm going to oh, have God. nightmares tonight of, like, Sir Isaac Newton just showing up and maybe possibly chaining me into a, a hole alongside Nostradamus, and I'm gonna be like, "Why am I here?" Look at these comics. Oh, scroll through the wiki page of the comics, and you're gonna look. No and you're do like, that. This isn't real. <laughs> look up Sir Isaac Newton. Go to the the Marvel fandom page, and you guys will not regret it. Because what's gonna happen I... is you get all these clicks from other famous people who are in the Marvel universe. Like these aren't these people aren't in here. And what do you mean Nikola Tesla is named the Night Machine? And he looks like that. <laughs> when he becomes like, uh, a Sorcerer Supreme, does he also get a cape? Uh, 
Oh my god, you get, I didn't, there's no visuals. Oh my god, you guys need to look them up. Someone uh, quick, okay. draw draw Nikola Tesla with the Sorcerer <laughs> Supreme cape. <laughs> oh, you guys need to look up Isaac Newton. He has like a battle gear. Oh, it's Isaac Newton. It's like Sorry. super long. It looks super weird. Sorry, it's so ridiculous. My brain refuses to keep the story straight because it doesn't matter because it's still the same. That's amazing. I still can't believe this is Earth 616 because normally mm. these type of stories, they allow to happen. Um, but they're just like, yeah, that's Earth 7,396 or whatever. Yeah, um, or it nope. starts with like, my name is Uatu, the Watcher. Yeah. I witness, I document, but I never interfere. Here is Pardon this no, random bullshit. Oh my God, I just <laughs> looked it up. He is decked out in head-to-toe white battle armor, <laughs> but with a pimp cane. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he is just, he has got the strut, and this is a still, and I can tell that this man is strutting around because he knows what he's about. <laughs> that's, look up Night Machine. That's, look up Night Machine, and on that note, let's draw yeah. this to a close. Tune in next week. For more comic analysis, focusing on some of the new comics and maybe some other old comics that aren't S.H.I.E.L.D. Chap Volume 1 and 2. Some more Moon Knight, obviously, but next week we'll begin our deep analysis of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. What to expect from what we've got. Uh, and... Uh, Whatever else comes up, we'll be here to talk about it. So thank you for tuning in. I've been Tony Scangili, joined by... I'm Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a good night, everyone. Have a great day. Enjoy yourself, and we'll see you next week on Marvel.